Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. The Flames look to, to grab another win and extend their win streak to 11 against the struggling Vancouver Canucks. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto of the Metropolitan Riveters Public Relations Team and, of course, a plethora of blogs throughout the NHL for the last five or six years. How are you today? I hope you are hanging in there. We're at Friday, Junior, and... Just keep on trucking, you know? Thank you so much for making Locked on Flames your first listen of the day. And you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. We're free on every platform. And you can never go wrong with subscribing to us on YouTube as well. The Flames are red hot. They continue to be red hot. And they aren't showing any signs of slowing down. Uh, They look to extend their win streak to 11 games tonight and all eyes are on Tyler Toffoli he just eats up the Canucks every single time that he plays against them and he has 34 points in 37 games with 21 goals and 13 assists so I I think that he's a very good hockey player (laughs) and I think the worst quote-unquote worst thing I've ever heard about the guy is that he just beats up on the Canucks. So, you know, I think that tonight the expectations are high um, in terms of his performance and what people expect out of him. Uh, You know, I think hoping he has at least one point is good. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away with a multi-point night or skates away flies away i don't know but regardless i think that he are he's gonna be a a great player to watch um just the expectation of tyler Toffoli is that he is going to beat up on the canucks and i don't know how many times i've had to yell about this team being truly competitive and on a much different level than they were this time last year This time last year was brutal for the Flames. (laughs) We were watching them lose night after night and wondering when Jeff Ward was going to get fired. And we're coming up on the stretch of the games where they lost by like a touchdown and an extra point to Ottawa and just night after night getting beat up by the Canadian division and so happy that's behind us and this time uh we can turn our attention to vancouver who seem to be at uh that weird middle ground middle of the road hockey that the flames are so ever so used to playing and they are sitting sixth in the pacific division with a 22 24 and 6 record um you know i think that this is just another situation where it just shows how untalented or non-competitive the Pacific Division currently is. 
And I think that the Canucks just need to, you know, spend a little bit more time figuring out their goals and uh, their objectives for the future of this team. I think especially now with this new front office management there, uh, we're going to see some changes. I don't think that losing mediocrely in a mediocre, mediocre way is going to be acceptable anymore. They did just beat Seattle 5-2, to two, which, I mean, meh. Seattle isn't a very good team, okay? They're not a very good team. But being able to put up five goals in a night is rather impressive. I will give them that. So congratulations, Vancouver, for having a strong offense that night. And the, the Flames are in first place in the Pacific, and I think that it's a strong chance that they stay there for the rest of the season. But um, in terms of this game, I think that if they want to get back or earn another win, they, they're going to have to underestimate, not underestimate, underestimate their opponents and truly give it their all tonight. You know, the Canucks are coming off that big win over Seattle and, you know, they're going to probably come in here a little cocky. They know what Tyler Toffoli does to them when they play and uh it's not gonna be some sort of surprise when the flames come in and uh you know put on a show but also if you look at the same thing uh last time these two teams met it was an overtime winner for the flames and which we're gonna talk more about next because (laughs) i think it's safe to say that this both teams are in different spots than they were when they last met, um, which was wasn't even a month ago. So we will talk about the uh, two sides of both teams <laughs> right after I talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bars are a delicious tasting protein bar that everyone needs to have to get them through their days. Built Bars uh, come in a variety of different flavors. They are high in fiber, high in protein, low in sugars and carbs, and they are dipped in 100% chocolate. They do not taste like protein bars. They taste like a candy bar, and that is why they are so good (laughs) and why, uh, you know, so many people rave about them. I think that they're one of the best, if not the best, snack in my pantry at the moment. (laughs) So head on over to Built.com today and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and you are more than welcome to follow me on Twitter, which is on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, at Jess Belmosto. Like I mentioned right before the break, these two teams are not who they were a month ago, and they're certainly not who they were at the start of the season. You know, uh, Travis Green was fired, Jim Benning was fired, Bruce Boudreaux came o- came in and took over, and they're 16-7-4 under him, which is much better, much better than uh, what they were under Travis Green to start the season. So, they aren't the best, but they're certainly playing that middle-of-the-road hockey that the Flames are all too familiar with. And I think that the Canucks have changed a bit since uh, Bruce Boudreaux has taken over. It's um, 
I don't want to say that their offense is much stronger, but I think that there is a much better management system going on in terms of someone who can utilize the lines and attempt to get the most out of the players. Again, this is kind of one of those situations where where the team isn't um, going to make the playoffs. So you can do a little finagling and have a little trial and error thing going on, but, you know, it's just... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think that the Canucks are in a position the same way that the that the Flames were last year with their trial period with Daryl Sutter, unfortunately. But uh, I think that Bruce Boudreaux is like a magician. I think he has a great personality that will help liven up the room and stop whatever um, rumored ruckus is going on there. Uh, I just, I don't think the Canucks really have an identity and they haven't really had an identity. Very similar to the Flames in that aspect. But you know, the fact that they they were able to put up five goals against Seattle and beat Toronto three to two is, you know, it tells me that they're able to score and win when they see fit and when they want to. And that that goes back to this January game where they didn't score. They didn't let up a goal um, until overtime. Which is additional hockey. And you know they're still walking away with a point. So it's nice to see that. But it's also kind of worrisome. If you can't score on the Canucks in 60 minutes. I think that the Flames are... um, I'm trying to think of a way to word this because it, I don't want it to sound as if like the offense was like struggling, but I think that the top nine is much stronger now. And I think that even the top line has a stronger um, chemistry as well as the second line. Cause I don't believe that second line was there for um, much play time during I, yeah, that wasn't a thing at the end of January. So you know, that Backland, Coleman, and uh, Mangiapane line was, wasn't was even a thing. So they were still kind of in like a figuring things out line shuffling mode there. But, uh, you know, you add Tyler to Foley, which automatically <laughs> elevates uh, your special teams. And, you know, as a whole, I think that the Flames have had a clear elevation in skill and stamina speed even since you know the start of the season and I think that the Canucks have a stronger uh, idea of who they want to be and (laughs) you know their goaltending issues uh, in terms of carrying the three goalies and not trading Halak and all that so I think it's interesting to kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for to kind of put it into perspective when you're looking at these two teams and how far they've come in a month, you know, the progress or the moves that they've made in the last month compared to where they've been since or where they started in October. 
So coming up next, we will wrap up the show with some flames to watch and, of course, um, some predictions for tonight's Calgary Flames game. The Calgary Flames are here for you every every other night, basically. But Locked On Flames is here for you every single day. So make sure that you are subscribed to Locked On Flames wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube. I love looking at this segment because it's flames to watch. And I know it's very repetitive, you know, because there are there are only so many players. And I I hate putting the top line on this list and they're not on the list this uh this show. Mainly because I think that there are um more interesting <laughs> and unsuspecting players that we can watch and truly talk about Sean Monahan and Milan Lucic. Uh, so they're paired together right now because that they're the third line and not to single out to Foley, but he doesn't exactly fit into this uh, discussion, if you will. <laughs> but I think the lack of speed between the two of them can kind of be a cause for concern, but I, I still like the line. I don't hate it. I I think that it's an interesting perspective to take when you watch them with a critical eye rather than a, like a fan's perspective because, uh, you know, I can watch, watch Johnny Gaudreau play hockey all day as a fan, but if I watch him play as, you know, uh, the podcaster in me it's a little bit more analytical and i i watch a little bit more closely than i would if i weren't in like reporter mode you know and i think that's that's the fun part of this job is providing that insight and perspective for you guys so watch watching them from that lens is definitely worthwhile they're, like, there's still a good line of hockey players, you know, don't get me wrong. But watch how they play the puck. Watch to see how that chemistry is and how they work together to move the puck up the ice or to play defensively. Because Lucic does provide strong defensive uh, hockey <laughs> to, his, to his team, to his line mates. You know, I think that he has a good... Uh, grasp of that now over the years of playing hockey so it's uh it's great to see (laughs) but Sean Monaghan I I don't know I just I think that with him being replaced on uh, the first power play unit I think that that can be a little bit of a uh, humbling moment for him to be entirely honest because he he was that guy at one point he really was a fantastic hockey player that could score you, you know, 20 goals in a season. And we're just not seeing that from him right now. Could it be because his injury is still healing? Sure. Could it be he's getting older? Sure. But he's not that old. I think he's like a little bit older than me. I think he's like 27, 28 years old. So again, that is a player who should be like entering their prime. So it's, Oh, it's sad to watch a player that young decline, but well, it's just something to keep an eye out for. Oliver Shillington. Okay, at the start of this season, I was ready to 
trade this man, not because I didn't think that he was valuable to the Flames. I thought that he was very valuable and he was what the Flames needed. But I really thought that the um, the roster wasn't going to have him on it. I thought that he was going to float between Stockton and Calgary all season once again. But that hasn't really been the case. He's taken strides. He has really blossomed into this strong, true blue liner that the Flames have needed and that he has always had the potential to become. But I do think that there are moments where he uh, does kind of regress. And not in, like, not that it's his fault that, like, any of that happens, obviously. But, you know, I think that... (laughs) When your defense only gives you so much to work with in terms of uh, Eric Goodbranson and, oh my gosh, Goodbranson and, oh, Nikita Zadorov. Sorry, I just had a major brain fart there. I don't know why I couldn't think of who (laughs) the partner, his D partner was. Uh, There's, again, you know, you can only work with what you truly (laughs) get and what, um, what each player is capable of. So he is sitting in sixth place. I say sixth place, sixth place as if it's some sort of negative thing, but he has, he currently is uh, sixth in the team with points, six goals and 18 assists. So he has that playmaker ability and that's while he's in the offensive zone, of course. So I would 200% keep an eye on him tonight, especially when he's out there, um, obviously against Vancouver. I think he is very, I think it's going to be an interesting game because Vancouver has a lot of young players and the Flames decor is rather young. In all honesty, I think it is very young. So absolutely something to keep an eye on there. Um, I do think that we could he averages about 18 minutes a night sorry i was trying to see what that said uh so 18 and a half minutes per night and i wouldn't be shocked if that kind of stays the same tonight i don't think that uh vancouver is gonna have him out there (laughs) you know that vancouver is not going to be mopping up the floor with us with or I should say the Calgary Flames tonight. <laughs> and my third, fl- or I guess fourth Flames player to watch is Rasmus Anderson. Rasmus Anderson, I feel like is never, uh, like he's not appreciated enough on the decor. And I think that's because the decor is young aside from, you know, really like Chris Tanev because he is that veteran leader who has played in the league for like 10, 11 years. But um, he's quiet on the goal front, but he's ranked fifth on the team in points with 27. And he has, uh, you know, obviously just two goals, but 25 assists is huge. As a defenseman, I feel like that's pretty big. That is a big deal. And that is absolutely something that you need to pay attention to when he has the puck, when he's setting up those plays and how he carries the puck. Yes. Does he take some stupid penalties? Of course, everyone does, but I feel like in the, in terms of him growing as a 
um, defenseman at such a young age. He came in and lost his blue line partner after the expansion draft in Geo, and he, he's had to learn and shape his game in different ways. And I think that Sutter coming in at the time that he did was a great opportunity for Rasmus Anderson to grow, to complete that full circle game, to become a stronger and more well-rounded player. Um, he has obviously stepped up and taken bigger roles on the blue line. Right now, I believe he is averaging, where did that go? He's averaging uh, 22 minutes a night. So, you know, he is averaging some top pairing minutes right there. And I, I just, I think that for a 25-year-old, he's doing pretty well. And there's still so much room for him to grow. I'm always interested to see how a player like him, who's had so much change and quote-unquote adversity in their first few years in the NHL uh, develops. But again, we will just have to keep watching. And this Flames team is always exciting to watch and analyze. Um, I will be back tomorrow with a recap um, of the game and our usual winners and losers of the week because who doesn't love ragging on whoever deserves it? you know? So thank you all so much for tuning into Lockdown Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Follow the show on Instagram at Lockdown Flames, and uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Bye-bye.